on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm your host, Ulysses E. Campbell. We'll start off the show for today with some genre-related news. A new trailer dropped this week for Legendary Pictures' Godzilla vs. Kong. Additionally, the date of release for the film has been changed again, moving back a week to March 31st. The film will simultaneously debut in theaters and on HBO Max. You can watch the trailer via the Fantastic Forum social media platforms. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Another trailer that dropped was for the upcoming CW series, Superman and Lois, which premieres on Tuesday, February 23rd. The show will also stream via HBO Max. And, like the aforementioned trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong, you may also view the Superman trailer on the FF social media platforms. Cosplay has become an international fan activity. Dressing up in costume of your favorite or not-so-favorite character, but it's also really big business in Japan. Professional cosplayers actually earn money through public appearances, merchandise, photo sales, and even endorsements. Creators don't see any profit from this. And the Japanese government is considering changes to their copyright laws that would require those who make money from cosplay to pay for use of characters. For now, those who engage in cosplaying without seeking to profit have been relatively safe. But new rules could mean that even more benign use might constitute copyright infringement. More on this story as it continues to develop. And some sad news this week, as Yugoslavian-born actress Mira Ferlin passed away on January 20th. Ferlin was best known for her roles on Lost and Michael J. Straczynski's Babylon 5, in which she played Membari Ambassador Delin. She was 65. Today, we're talking about all this and more. Let me introduce the panel. Joining me are Roberto Ortiz, Drew Bittner, and Julian Lytle. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with me on this show. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have missed all of you, and it is just so wonderful to get back together doing this. So couple of other things that I thought we might uh, just mention in passing, uh, one of which we were talking a little bit about before the show officially started. It was the trailer that came out last week for the eagerly awaited, I think I can easily describe it as, Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. So I, I, I can tell you that I was blown away by the trailer. I was so excited uh, yeah. about what it was that I was seeing huge uh, tokusatsu fan yeah. and big fan of Godzilla, big fan of King Kong. Uh, in fact, one of my favorite movies 
back in the day was King Kong versus Godzilla from yep. Toho. But I'm just sort of wondering uh, what, what you guys thought about that particular trailer. And, and Roberto, since you were the one who brought it up, why don't you uh, take the lead in telling us what you thought? I love every second of it. I'm an old school fan of the Toho movies. And I was like a kid again. I was like, oh my. I actually I woke up Jody as I screamed. It was like <laughs> I, I had the headset on and I started saying, oh my god! Because it was such an awesome sight of basically seeing uh, these two kaijus going at each other. I mean, seeing uh, King Kong basically being crap out of Godzilla. And I love the fact that the people who are making these movies obviously love the source material with a passion because they're they they know us old school fans what we want to see and they know how much of the of the original mythology to keep and what to present them and you can tell that on the movie that it's not only that they're gonna fight but they're also exploring they have these two factions of humans basically one that is in favor of king kong one that is in favor of godzilla and they're all trying to understand what's going on and i love that it's a great idea and i'm dying to see more of it yeah i thought it was excellent so I think that it's a it's a nice bait and switch so far. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of surprises to be um, to shown in the movie and what actually going to happen in the plot. But just going off of the 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 effects done of seeing you know King Kong coming back and you know referencing like so many things from classic King Kong movies like him being on a ship. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How you getting them off of the island? You know. Uh, you know, just them fighting. You know, got my man King Kong looking, looking strong out here with the tool making. He has a whole mm. weapon. A whole weapon. The high ground in the fight is like <laughs> head bust of King Kong. He gonna crack, crack that head open until you see the white meat show. So. <laughs> I saw somebody had posted a meme of uh, King Kong and Godzilla. Kong was on the Empire State Building. Yelling down to Godzilla, yes. it's over, Godzilla. I have the high ground. <laughs> and Godzilla saying, You underestimate my power. <laughs> and I love the fact that he references the, the 1930s movies. You start to think about it because it's the whole concept of King Kong being on a tall structure and him ripping the antenna. <laughs> Was that was that you who had posted that? <laughs> Is yeah, that where I saw that? That's what I thought. Hey, uh, let, let's let Drew get in here on this. What would you think about the trailer, Drew? I thought the trailer was fantastic. I'm really glad to see Kyle Chandler and Millie Bobby Brown back. I think it's fantastic that we have some continuity with the characters there. You know, we're, we're obviously going to see more Monarch in this. It sounds as though there may be an evil counterpart to Monarch operating at the, in, in all this too, which sounds really cool. The axe sounds like it has an interesting backstory. I mean, the rumor going around is that it's uh, not not just an axe. So, and there's a reason why it was like absorbing, you know, Godzilla's uh, atomic breath. Yeah, so, it's on um, the toys, Drew. So, if you yeah. want to talk about it, it's, it's, it's been, some of the toys has been released. They've been shown today. They really, clearly show what what the weapon is made out of. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, then I think I think it's fair to say that it's it's made out of like one of Godzilla's own spines. So, damn. You know, one of his, oh one wow! Of his, that's why it absorbs the the atomic yeah. breath because 
you know, wow. it's a part of his spines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, th this is one of the reasons why I love the merchandising along with these pictures, because you can you can get little hints about what's going on before the movie comes out. I, in fact, I remember when uh, Star Trek uh, First Contact came out and it, they actually had a toy version of the Enterprise E before because they weren't doing any reveals of the new ship. And I'm like, oh, that's the ship. Oh, my God. You know, so something <laughs> like this where they're showing you the you know this axe. And of course, Kong is the smarter of the two. By far. I don't know about <laughs> that. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, he's, well, he's definitely smarter. No, he's not. I mean, he's, 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 well, he's, that, more, he's more of a tool user yes. I think, than, than Godzilla is. So, hey, they, they established in King Kong versus Godzilla in 1962 that Kong... God, Godzilla's got like a pea-sized... Well, it's not pea-sized, but it, he, of course... Modern day Godzilla, they play him up like he's smarter, but you know his brain can't be the size of uh, a um, mammal like Kong. I he's mean, a, I just—he's a, a god. Um, yeah, I know. Yes, <laughs> he's a deity. Don't. Okay, clearly, clearly, you're over in SE. I'm Team Kong, <laughs> wholeheartedly Team Kong. <laughs> I can see that. And I, yeah, hey, Godzilla's all right. But he ain't King Kong, you know. I'm, I'm I can see your Godzilla, yeah. Mecha Godzilla being in this movie. <laughs> That's the only thing I want. Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> want to pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, one of the interesting things, and uh, I, I think, uh, Drew, you, you had mentioned this, in terms of the character continuity. And they've, they've been trying since that first movie to create that, you know, with uh, Ken Watanabe as the Sarazawa character. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then, you know, to a lesser degree, I mean, you know, we saw uh, Admiral Stenz, uh, you know, played by uh, David uh, Strathairn. And, you know, so. Uh, but Strathairn, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. But more repeat characters. And uh, I really, you know, liked uh, the girl from Stranger Things, uh, you know, what is it, Millie Bobby Brown. And, uh, you know, hey, even what's his face who played her dad? Uh, Kyle Chandler. But, Kyle yeah, Chandler. Thank you. The star, Kyle Chandler, you know, as Dr. Mark Russell. You know, I mean, that was pretty cool seeing him. And so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I appreciate that they're going to bring some of these characters back. I'm looking actually uh, to see a little bit more of that. Uh, what is it? Yi Zhang, who was playing uh, the twins, the Mothra yeah. twins and stuff, you know. So, and, and, uh, no, another thing that needs to be mentioned is that one thing they kept from the you know movies and most people don't notice this is that I love from the Toho movies the crazy army equipment. Like for example, in the last Godzilla movie, they had the, the, the that weird submarine or the flying uh, wing thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that's classic Toho stuff of having super weird machines that basically are there in this world and nobody bats an eye about seeing <laughs> <laughs> like okay that's perfectly normal and eric carrier cool <laughs> one thing i think it's kind of cool about this too is that they said that you know there will not be any ambiguity they said one one of these two will win there'll be a decisive winner it'll be Godzilla. yeah well yeah, they said at a wrestlemania every year <laughs> you could almost expect to see, uh, like they do on those uh, WrestleMania shows, you know, a little uh, superimposition of Kong. I'm gonna whoop you, Godzilla. You ain't nothing. Come bring it on. I'm getting ready for you. You know. 
But have you guys noticed also that they're holding back or showing Godzilla going after Tokyo? It's like that's the the fight. That's the, the stomping of a city everybody wants to see. Godzilla. I don't know Tokyo. if they can do that. Really? Remember, like this is not Japan Godzilla. This is like global Godzilla. So, like, cause they still make Godzilla movies in Japan. Uh. Mm-hmm. That's- Good question. So, um, it's not. I think so. No, they do. They do. Godzilla was fantastic. And then there's the anime movies. But, like, I I don't know. There's no need for him to go to Japan because that's not the purpose of this Godzilla. Hmm. Uh, They have their, they still have their Godzilla. But they're, they're taking whole bits of characterization from the new version of Godzilla. The whole concept of Godzilla being like this god. It's a couple of different ones, but it's not like current Japanese Godzilla. It's a separate legendary Godzilla. It's just a lot better than 1998 weird lizard Wait, Godzilla there was that's not Really? <laughs> Um, really? But legendary Godzilla is respected, but it's not the. It's there's no need to show Japan. Probably it might be, but I just think that they're in South Korea in that really well lit, amazing yep. looking city, or mm-hmm. they're in Singapore or something. But yeah, just I I don't need to see them in Japan. Like, well, Boston Boston got torn up in uh, yep. Godzilla King of the Monsters That's maybe right. they go to New York I wouldn't mind see, I mean well I of course I don't really want to see New York destroyed but hey I wouldn't mind seeing New York get torn up in one of these horror movies it's like <laughs> what the heck really? it happened already you keep forgetting the 1998 version did that yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that wasn't really Godzilla. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was, that was it was called Godzilla. That was as much Godzilla as you know, these Abram movies that they call Star Trek, but it ain't really Star Trek. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> now, the other thing that I think is kind of interesting about this, and since we are merely speculating, I feel perfectly comfortable saying this, and it's not going to ruin anything for anybody. And in fact, the main reason I want to get this in is because uh, somebody, one of you guys said this, and I thought it was very interesting because. The, the characterization of Godzilla in the yeah. earlier films has basically been that of a more heroic Godzilla. Here he yes. was challenging Ghidra, Monster Zero, you know, this other alpha predator, uh, saving humanity, this kind of thing. And, and the way that the trailer presents Godzilla is kind of from a more villainous aspect. And so the, the speculation is, is that this isn't really Godzilla. This I is... Mean- Somebody, uh, perhaps even Mecha Godzilla, you know, with real skin on the outside or something, you know, that Kong can oppose. So it, the the prospect is perhaps that maybe Godzilla and Kong are actually compelled to team up at some point. Because I, I mean, I, I'm with you, Julie, and I'd love to see Mecha Godzilla. I'd love to see Mecha Kong. In fact, I'd love to see Mecha Godzilla and Mecha Kong versus Godzilla and King Kong. I think that'd be great. <laughs> that might be too much. That might literally yes. be too much for two hours. <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> Mecha Godzilla, you could build up to because really, like, there's a lot of history with Mecha Godzilla, and there's a lot of stuff they can use, like, 
how the Millennium series that Mecha Godzilla was a hero was a hero and made out the skeleton of the original Godzilla that died in Gojira. Damn. So yeah. like there's ways in which they can make a Mecha Godzilla since in the first movie you saw skeletons of pre of other members of that mm. like species. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just like you saw the skeletons of Kong's parents and Skull Island. So it's like there is a lot of uh fertile ground, especially with um my man Tywin Lannister and the bad guy from uh the Golden Child. Yeah. And the stuff that he did in that last movie that yeah. They could, oh yeah, they Charles Dance is uh yeah, I forget Jonah. his name. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. bad guy bad guy in bad in movies this is what he is he's never a good guy i've never seen him as a hero but yeah. mm-hmm. well it's it, i can tell you, it's more fun to play the bad guy you know? and and you'll always have work if you're the bad guy yeah so one 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 fan theory that i that thought was kind of interesting was um somebody suggested what if charles dance's character is old tom hiddleston from Kong mm-hmm. skull Mountain? oh yeah that'd Island. be real interesting well, what was that oh, character's that was a great idea? Yeah, well, I guess he could have changed his name because I know that guy had a different name. But it's, yeah, that'd be pretty name. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, That's but he's a British idea. guy. <laughs> Clearly, it's like you know. And that yeah. was set in the '60s, and yeah. you know, this is modern day. Yeah. That'd be a nice little twist. Yeah. With that, I can. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff they can play with. So, yeah, I don't. The way they also the the Godzilla in the trailer moves completely different than Godzilla did in the previous. Hmm. The previous he's still smaller too. He's smaller because he's standing on a ship, and in the last movie, he literally comes out of the water, looks at an aircraft character like, "Yeah, why y'all sitting in front of me with this little little bathtub toy?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, good luck for the bomb, son. I, I needed that that snack. You go do this work. I I did think it was unusual that Godzilla should be able to hop up on the deck of an aircraft carrier and the carrier not break or mm-hmm. sink or something that just that just didn't seem right you're listening to fantastic forum on wera 96.7 fm and streaming online via wera.fm we are your community radio station i'm ulysses e campbell i'm joined today by julian lytle and drew bittner and roberto ortiz we have just been talking a little bit about the trailer for the eagerly awaited Godzilla versus Kong, which dropped uh, last week. And I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, there's, there's, oh, it, this is the other thing. The movie now has been moved up from the release date that was announced when the trailer dropped. That's right. So, move. sorry. Yeah, sorry. Move, wait, move back. Was it, they move it back moved like it a week or week. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. It was like the week before Easter weekend. Now it's the Easter week. Easter weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so to so to, to give it, yeah. Okay, so to give it like uh, uh, a holiday feel. Yeah, give it a yeah. little holiday weekend. And the reaction of the trailer has been fan freaking fantastic. I mean, it, mm. it trended. It, people have been reacting. It's basically hitting all the right buttons for Warner Brothers. Uh, I, I think it's going to be awesome for H, uh, HBO Max in terms of subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of how well this has been received. Mm-hmm. Well, they're kind of due for one. I mean, that first Godzilla movie, you know, with Elizabeth Olsen, that <laughs> didn't do so hot. Uh, you know, then you had Kong, Skull Island. Eh. Yeah, oh, I, 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 very look. well, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, money-wise, 
there's the reason why we got to these last two. Well, I, the, the first two did. They did a lot better than they, they thought it was. Yeah. Well, I knew they weren't flops, but I, 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 I didn't think that they had that they had really hit their marks. I thought that the studio expected both those films to be a lot bigger than they actually ended up being. So I appreciate you offering some clarification to me on that. King of the Monsters didn't meet expectations. Yes. No, clearly. Yeah. But the cool thing about Kings of the Monster is that the word of mouth of that movie long term has been a positive one where people like me who have saw it and loved it will not hesitate to basically tell people watch this movie the, the last half hour has one of the best hey, kaiju fights you're ever going to see we're we're in different circles Roberto cause, yeah cause, nah, I have to you know verbally fight people what I was on this show when the last one came out one not Ulysses and I was I was schooling somebody on on Godzilla because they didn't get it or something like I, that. I think that was me you were schooling. <laughs> nah, it wasn't you. It was somebody else you had called in. Oh, somebody yeah. else was on, on the phone because he just thought it was terrible. I was like, see you. Know, oh, yeah. I I, rem- I know exactly what you're talking ways. about. Yeah. No, no. This movie this is made to be enjoyed. It's, it's, it, and the world building is so good. And I, I love the fact that the producers have gone through the effort of keeping the mythology of all these movies from the from the of the modern Godzilla consistent, and I like that. It's like it's very well thought out, um, and I like the idea specifically that they're also designed to be fun. It's like it's fun kaiju movies for people who like kaijus. There you go. Oh, oh, I'm with you, absolutely. Yeah. But Godzilla, I think, is more of an acquired taste. Uh, my my, I grew up on the Godzilla movies. I mean, I'm talking about Monster Zero and Destroy All Monsters and Rodan and Mothra and all you know, you name it. I was watching it, loved them, still do. Um, but and it's interesting because uh, my cousin and I were real big on watching these movies, and uh, he introduced them to his kid, and I thought that was kind of interesting because of all the various things that I introduced my kids to, the Godzilla movies were not among them. Part of it was because those movies weren't shown as frequently. I mean, if they had just come on TV, I'd have been like, hey, Yuli and Alyssa, sit down here and watch this. You're going to love this. I never gave it a shot, and now I kind of wish I had. You know, It's kind of like, oh, wait, children, I failed you. <laughs> I failed as your father. I should have shared this wonderful bit of fandom uh, with you, you know? I mean, because tokusatsu, I mean, that's a thing. Have you considered that basically maybe now is the perfect time for this kind of movie to come out? Because maybe the reason the younger generation, your kids were not ready is because the mindset was not perfect. But in this post in mid-pandemic times, this sort of big, I don't want to say fun apocalyptic because it's not the proper term. It's like, it's mindless entertainment. It's the kind of stuff that is more appropriate now. In other words, that you would see this with a less subjective eye now than if you have seen it before. I don't know, man. Power Rangers was out when you lose kids was little. So True. It, it, they they like the Power Rangers. <laughs> that's what it, so it's like yeah. it wasn't easy to watch Godzilla for Ulysses to show him to his kid because streaming wasn't a thing and they just stop showing those movies 
on cable and regular TV like completely. So I get what Ulysses is saying. I, I might think that his kids are actually too old to get into it because if you ain't already got some basis in it, a yeah. lot of people just think it's corny and it's it's a cultural thing. It's a societal thing. Like, I, it's not our I, bag. I, I think there's I think there's a lot to that. I think that you have a window where you know you're at the right age to sort of get hooked on things like that, but too young or too old, and it's just not going to grab you the same way. Yeah. You were breaking up a little there, but I think I got uh, what you were saying. And the other side of it is uh, tokusatsu being what it is, uh, and I, I found this out when I tried to show my kids certain things uh, as they were growing up. Like the first season of Irwin Allen's Lost in Space, for example. My kids had no patience for it. They're like, Dad, this is black and white. What are you showing us? You know? And I'm like, hey, yeah, just yeah. because it's in black and white doesn't I, mean I, you can't watch it. You know? That's true. I just think that you were thinking about it in a, in a certain way. Like, I wouldn't have shown my kids that. But your kids was already in the Power Rangers. That's yeah. really the biggest global export of tokusatsu in the world. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, it's called something different in Japan, but... It is everyone knows what Power Rangers slash Super Sentai is. Like mm-hmm. colorful suits, giant robot that's a dude in a big suit versus a monster, which is a dude in a big suit. <laughs> and they fight in a miniature city and yep. there's an explosion <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> and it's twenty two minutes and it makes it it's just like I like I, I it just certain points is like like Godzilla's big, but then there's also Ultraman, which is also big, and it it it, it stays kind of current because they keep tr- they keep trying to put it over here, and then you know Power Rangers being Power Rangers and like Kamen Rider, and then there's you know a bunch of other stuff. But for the most part, you just got just just got you know put the medicine, you know what I'm saying, in the little sugar, you know Mary Poppins gave us away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there was some inconsistency also in the way some of this stuff was presented. I mean, you mentioned. Ultraman, which I know was big in the Philadelphia area, but they never showed Ultraman in the New York market, and that used to really bug me. Wait, Hmm? you're telling me that I got to see Ultraman in Puerto Rico uh, before you got to see it? Because I Ultraman is big in Latin America. Yeah, yeah, I've I've never seen Ultraman. It was it was not in the New York City market to show. Drew, what what were were you saying? Yeah, I mean that that. Burn me up. You know, you go to see like your cousin in some other city and they're like Ultraman. And I'm like, we don't get Ultraman. And I don't get it. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, literally, literally and figuratively, I don't get why we didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Channel 5 and Channel 11 didn't didn't show it. Channel 9. Channel you know, 9, those... nope. But yeah, they also uh, tried on USA a couple times. Yeah. I know. But so, like, yeah, there's been a couple different versions of Ultraman that they've tried over the the decades. Yeah, yeah, oh, and then there's that new. Uh, didn't they do something on Netflix just recently? There's a there's a a modern manga that's reinterpreting, kind of not really rebooting, but a different take on Ultraman mm-hmm. that Netflix makes the anime for, and it comes out, of course, in Japan and here. Mm-hmm. It's a different mm-hmm. version. It's a little bit different than regular Ultraman. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit more common writery, but it's good. Like, and the manga's fire too, because the manga's further ahead. Because you know that's how it, how it works. But mm-hmm. 
But yeah, if, like if you know Ultraman lore, the way they split the Ultraman lore in terms of the different Ultra Brothers, some it's some it's some good stuff. Do you guys think that this type of uh, content has to be presented with a little bit of camp that maybe Power Rangers got it right? That it's kind well, of it is campy, like it's a children's show. Well, I wouldn't say Godzilla. Isn't always a children's show, but Super Sentai is made for three to six year olds. Yeah. So Power Rangers being for five to eight year olds, it was about right. Mm-hmm. Good. Like it's fine. It's for children. Yeah, and I'd have a tough time arguing that a lot of that uh, Godzilla content uh, was not for children. I mean, like uh, Monster. Well, excuse me. Yeah, Monster Zero, for example. Uh, you know, because you had. Um, what was it, that guy, Nick, um, crap. I want to call this guy Nick Allen. I knew what his name was a second ago. But, because, you know, they'd have, like, the American guy. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, so basically just, yeah, we're throwing this American guy in just to give the American audience somebody to look at. That was Raymond Burr, and I think he was doing that yeah. for, for the alcohol money. Like, he only uh, did that, and he only was in the first one. He was only in the Gojira remake. It was other white dudes in the... Uh, in other yeah. movies, they switched them out. Like every time they would do it, they would get like a different guy to be like, "Huh?" And they would the, shoot the random scenes. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, in in some ways, that was really kind of messed up because uh, you know, well, because what they did with um, Raymond Burr, they literally just brought him in and shot some other stuff that they edited in. I mean. Godzilla, it's it's also called Invasion of the Astro Monster, Monster Zero. But, yeah. you know, they, they Nick Adams is the guy's name. But they literally went out, and this guy shot the thing with them, you know? And I don't know how they must have been doing it, I mean, either. Because <laughs> I think he was speaking English, and everybody else was speaking Japanese. But I'm not sure how they worked that. But, and, and, yeah, and going forward, that was what they did. Uh, with a couple of these movies and it was it was kind of cheesy but where i was going with this was godzilla did some stuff in this movie that i had never seen him do where it's like i mean at one point uh he and rodan uh, defeat ghidra who's monster oh, zero okay. and godzilla is jumping up and down basically like it's it's, it's it, yeah yes <laughs> yes it, and it's and it's a little cheesy but you know you you you'd have a difficult time saying that this wasn't specifically for children. You but know, it's, it's basically what it like is. The movies from Godzilla, especially towards the 70s, that's when they started to get really silly. Mm. And I don't know, I kind of like more the type of Godzilla they, they did towards the 80s that was a little bit more darker. Yeah. Um, especially uh, because I like more the concept of uh, Godzilla presented a little bit it's for children, but a little bit more seriously, and presenting the character like this uh, ancient god just walking around. I don't know. So. Mm. Yeah. One thing yeah. that I, I mean, my favorite Godzilla of the, the last few years probably was Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know, not not exactly in continuity version, but um, you know, we see this monster constantly evolving and evolving and evolving, and it's sort of this black comedy of. Um, a bureaucracy struggling to come up with a good response and a politically viable response, and it's it's a great it's a great silly movie. But the Godzilla we get at the end of it is really really scary. So, yeah, if, you, if you haven't seen that one, I would definitely recommend watching Shin Godzilla. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I have not seen that one, and that's one. It, part of it is because <laughs> it's the, just from the Godzilla they show on the posters, he looks really scary. But look, <laughs> that musical cue means it's time for us to take a short break. Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA, which is 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. Among other things, it means that we rely on the audience as well as our underwriters and our sponsors for the ongoing sustenance of the radio station. Visit WERA.FM or the website of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at ArlingtonMedia.org to find out how you can support this vital, valuable community resource today. We're going to step aside momentarily while we acknowledge those underwriters and sponsors and while we promote some of the other wonderful offerings of the radio station. But don't touch that dial because Drew, Roberto, and Julian and I will be right back right after this. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum on WERA, 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington, and streaming online via WERA.FM. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Drew Bittner and Julian Lytle and Roberto Ortiz. And in the first half of the show, we were talking about the Godzilla trailer that had dropped last week. I want to move on from that, but I, I want to also mention the trailer for Superman and Lois that also dropped last week. This is the uh, less eagerly awaited S Superman show that is debuting next month. It's February 23rd on The CW, and of course, Supergirl is going away and now we're going to actually have Superman. And I think it's interesting because the CW has, in recent years, gone to some of the lesser known characters. I mean, at one point, if there was gonna be a show, it was gonna be Superman, it was gonna be Batman. And what we have today, you have six years of Supergirl, uh, where they actually have appropriated Superman storylines. You have uh, Batwoman in place of Batman, and you can't buy Batman on television uh, since these Chris Nolan movies. But I'm curious because I was—I I have not been excited about this particular project at all. You know, Tyler Hoechlin, Elizabeth Tulloch, you know, whatever. I'm like, eh, all right, fine. I mean, if you're a supporting character on somebody else's show, all right. But I, I was extremely skeptical about their ability to carry a series as the show leads. But I, I felt a little better after having seen this trailer. I didn't think the trailer sucked. I thought it seemed kind of interesting. I, they've taken them in outside of the traditional Superman story that is in Metropolis and at the Daily Planet. And it looks like this thing is going to be on the farm in Smallville or something. And... You know, they've basically taken a sabbatical to raise their kids. And, you know, you've got these younger people there. And I'm just, you know, like I said, I I, I, I thought it didn't suck. I am not excited about it, but I am less, I'm less depressed about it after having seen the uh, the trailer. I'm wondering where you all landed on that. 
I love it. You love everything. <laughs> yeah, stuff like, oh, there's stuff I hate. Uh, I like the idea a lot of uh, um, a couple of things, by the way. This is not your typical CW show, so you know. This was a co-production between them and HBO Max. Oh, and so that's why the production values were a little higher on this. Yep, and another thing I read is that they're filming it differently from the other CW shows. They did all the live-action filming first, done. So they would basically give time for the visual effects teams to do the visual effects that would look more feature-like. They're treating this like a high expense, like a like an event TV, and they're using the CW to show the episodes, and then they go to HBO Max. That's what I heard. Everything's going to HBO Max. Yeah. 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 Everything. But they're going. That's why I think they're canceling some of the legacy stuff and the new stuff that they're beginning to do that they're still doing with CW, they're going beginning to spend a little bit more. So it looks like something that would look fine on, on HBO Max. Well, I think they're canceling Super, well, I think Supergirl is ending oh, yeah. because there's nowhere else for it to go. Agreed. And they're not going to do a an arrow again where it's just like, oh yeah, we actually don't have anything else to say. But we're just going to continue to make 22 hour long episodes for no reason. Mm-hmm. Or Supernatural's like, y'all went 15 years for no reason. <laughs> but <laughs> get the, I did think the show was pretty was pretty interesting. You know, I was leaning more toward Ulysses into a more of a less like, I don't care. But the trailer was like, oh, okay. Like, you got in the fact that, like, yeah, why? how are they newspaper reporters when newspapers are failing? Oh, they lose their jobs. Oh, <laughs> we got to go back to the farm because at least we still got that. Okay. Oh, the the boys are teenagers. Like, oh, see, all I did was see what stuff they was picking out. I was like, oh yeah, you remember when we brought uh post crisis Superman back in Convergence and he had a beard and him and him and that Lois lived in the farm and and young New Fifty Two Superman did all the crazy stuff, but he was out there just being like a dad. Yeah, we are gonna take a little bit of that. Oh yeah, you know how like. Business aged up John Kent and made him a teenager for no reason. Oh yeah, we're gonna take a little bit of that. Uh, I was just like, oh, uh, ooh, Emmanuel Chariki's Lana Lang. Oh y'all got me for three episodes. <laughs> she fine. And I, I love the idea specifically that the concept of Superman being a father and him being an imperfect father. He's trying his best to be a dad to teenagers. And teenagers are their own thing. And I like the fact that you know, teenagers having to realize all of a sudden, oh my God, my dad is Superman. Whoa. <laughs> and how do you process the idea that your dad is the world's greatest hero? Period. And there's many directions they can go with that idea. And I like the idea that they're brothers and how they're going to basically set up the conflict between the brothers. And willing to bet you cash that one of them develops powers before the other. And that's going to create resentment. So these are literally the children of Superman and Lois Lane. Yes. Yep. So they huh. set that up pre-TV crisis where Superman and Lois went to the, uh, the little oh, colony. Oh, yeah, they went to Candor. That's right. So they, can, so they can actually conceive because, you know, there he won't have powers. Right. And then after everything came back together, 
Superman was flying around, and and then she was like, "Yeah, me and the boys." Blah blah. I was like, "Boys, hmm." Mm-hmm. Scratch. You know, you're supposed to scratch your chin when you hear her say "boys" because even Superman was like, "How did we huh? get more than one? <laughs> <laughs> how are they not? How are they not babies?" Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but they're they're going to be half Kryptonian. So yes. not the full powers. And, you know, so you can well, therefore justify, uh, all right, no. their powers didn't develop immediately or that kind of thing. Or maybe one of them doesn't develop powers at all. It, it could be. I, I get at this point, I don't really think it, it matters if they're full blood or not. Just going by the way DC works with the, the whole kid Kryptonian angle at this point. Like, you know, they usually end up having the same... Like John Kent in the comic books, he he's not weaker because he's half human. He's hmm. he's you know in the future state, he's he's Superman. So, so yeah. I, I agree, and they can they. I like that also the idea that the main villain for for now seems to be uh, General Lane, Lois Lane's father, and uh, the government is going to be like an antagonist specifically towards Superman, which is an interesting take in terms of what they're going to do with the story. Uh, I hear Steel is supposed to be on the show, by the way. I think mm-hmm. that guy you see in the trailer is Steel. Hmm. Now, is it the same guy playing General Lane as who was General Lane in the Supergirl series? Nope. Oh, okay, so they just recast that part. You know, oh, a, a, crisis, man. Recast it like Sluter, too. It's going to be a, uh, an African-American man. Well, that really? doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Are you sure? Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, but, but they have oh, a left Luther. Um, yeah, I, I mean, know. John Cryer had been pretty firmly established in the Luthor role. I mean, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I guess this is another one of those examples of well, we're going to throw some spaghetti up on the wall and see what sticks. I, I don't know if that's confirmed. Let's let's just go with John Cryer still, DCW, Lex Luthor, because I haven't seen anything about. Lex not being him. Steel. But Steel I heard for sure. That that might that guy you saw in the trailer might be Steel. I know John Diggle's gonna be in it, so, so he might I, have a ring by now, but who knows? Wait, yeah they, they actually going to make him the Green Lantern? Well, I think he'll he might be. They they foreshadowed it. They did. They, they they planted some pretty big seeds, so I wouldn't hate that. Oh yeah, this no. guy's called the Stranger. The other black, the black guy that you saw in the in the trailer, he's just called the Stranger. It's oh hey, wait a minute, uh, Julian. Who yeah. was it you were saying was going to be Lois Lane? Well, no, nah, I mean Lana Lang. Lang. Yes, Emmanuel Chirico. Yeah, okay. My girl from <laughs> Survive. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, lovely. Sloan. I liked her. I liked her a lot, and I, I just because I was looking That's at like, IMDb, ooh. and it's like, oh wow, look who it is, Lana Lang out here, bro. Like, oh, the fuck was <laughs> Oh man. So it should be interesting what they do specifically with the mythos of Superman because they they're going into unexplored territory uh, because most of the shows um, that we have seen in live action Superman they always focus on you know before they get married and have a family and what happens next and 
what happens before. They never show the, what happens next in the relationship after they've been married for a long time and they lose their jobs and they have to raise kids and all the not fun stuff that comes with, you know, being a grown-up. And it should be an interesting version of the character that I would like and, to see. And they, 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 kind of, they kind of did all the, you know, early relationship stuff in Adventures of Lois and Clark. And we've seen other versions of this, you know, showing the, you know, the dating period and all this other stuff. And so now we're going to see them as a married couple. So there'll be a, a, diff a different dynamic there. Um, one challenge is going to be that, you know, basically Supergirl got to an awful lot of Superman stories. <laughs> so yeah. They burned through an awful lot of Superman storytelling. Yeah. Well, there's plenty more where that came from, I know. But of the more contemporary stories that were extremely well-received, yes, they kind of shot their wad on a bunch of those. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they did. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so, but what, so, and, and, and therefore, <laughs> where are you going with this, Drew? And, well, and therefore, I think they're going to really have to take um, a more nuanced look at some of these old villain characters and maybe see, like, you know, can, can we do um, a different take on Metallo or can we yeah. do a different take on, you know, the Superman Revenge Squad? You know, if he's got a family... Now he's got targets and so on. Yeah. So maybe we get a bunch of villains together and, you know, so some different angles to the character based on how they're framing his circumstances now. Yeah. Look, looking at it, Morgan Edge is, is, is in this show. So yeah. that means we'll be getting some intergang. Um, cool. By the way, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that I would say they, they took some, they they just basically gave Supergirl a whole ton of Superman adventures, and it was just like he it made you think like so what was Superman doing all this time when he was being Superman before you even decided <laughs> to be Supergirl? But I'm I'm there's I guess there's a lot mm. of modern stuff that they haven't done, especially the whole Superman as a they haven't done any of this. We've never seen the Superman as a dad stuff from comics in any other medium, so they have a lot of that stuff to play with because that's basically been the last. Uh, shoot, five six years worth of Superman. Hmm. Yeah. At least one, yeah. at least one Clark Kent has been a dad for at least half a decade. So there's a, there's enough things they can pull from, and you know, they, they you know the, the DCW universe is changing. There's a bunch of elements we're going to get from Star Girl now, even though she's on another Earth or whatever. But there's also a lot of stuff from Batwoman and like the missing Bruce Wayne. They can always pull in. Like there's a there's a there's I think there's a lot going on which they 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 they'll, they'll work this out they all yeah. get paid well the, enough yeah the out. missing Bruce Wayne and now the missing Kate Kane also you know so, <laughs> everybody has <laughs> gone missing on that show not, not to tangent but the show got way better once she got missing ooh dang so entirely different show now I'm like oh look at this look at this interestingness. You know, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see because I had I had sort of bailed on Batwoman at the tour. Actually, I I have like five episodes of Batwoman and Supergirl and The Flash that I didn't watch 
at the just end of the last season. The just skip it. Just I don't blame you. I don't blame you, Lee. I don't blame you. Flash, the Flash didn't get the end right, but it got interesting in the second half of the season. The first half of the season with blood work, I was like, oh, this is a, you know, we, this is a trudge, but the, the, the Mirror Master path? Nah, finish that up. Because the, the, the season's going to start finishing. Oh, is that who? You know, I should have guessed that it was Mirror you Master. Names, man. You got to remember the names. McCullough. That's Mirror Master 2. Oh, yeah. See, now, Sam Scudder was the one that I He's knew. the first one. Yeah. He died. McCullough's mm. the coke fiend. Don't ever. Mm. Yep. <laughs> so, so, wait. Are they, is this show going to last one more season flash or, or what? There's no... I don't, I don't know. There hasn't been a lot of shows. There haven't been a lot of talk about them ending it. Like, it's kind of the anchor show. So yeah, the but thing is, if they have another season like the one that, that just passed, this is going to be its last season because it was just not, it was not great this last season. Well, they they splitting it in two. Well, not splitting it in two, but they figured out that like, all right, we got to do 22, 23 episodes. Half the season is going to be this, this plot, and then the other half is going to be this plot. So I don't know. I think I think they could figure it out, and they never got to finish because of you know the COVID pandem- mm-hmm. pandemic. But, um, yeah, yeah. I would say skip Batwoman entirely, Ulysses. Mm-hmm. I think Flash is worth finishing, and Supergirl, watch it on double speed. Because <laughs> <laughs> the last two episodes got interesting. The last yeah. two episodes got pretty got pretty fire. Like, well, some of the stuff that they were doing with Brainiac 5 actually was kind of interesting. I mean, from when that whole, oh, there had been something wrong with him, and now it's corrected, and he's not the goofball that he was. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I had wondered why Brainiac 5 was a goofball, but oh. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA, 96.7 FM, and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Julian Lytle, Roberto Ortiz, and Drew Bittner. And we were just talking a little bit about the upcoming Superman and Lois series that is going to be apparently on both the CW and HBO Max. And some of the repercussions and ramifications for the various other CW shows. So... Uh, what else did we want to say about that? <laughs> it should be interesting. It's uh, the premiere should be quite interesting to watch. That's what it's I would. Two, it's a two-hour premiere. So they really, I, I think, going into what's probably going to be, we can call it wave two or wave three or whatever of uh, this new era of DCW shows, especially as you know the big eight hundred pound gorilla that has HBO Max and streaming coming to play. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, Batwoman is a new show. It, essentially, yeah. Batwoman is a black show now. Um, <laughs> three of the lead characters are black, and then the other one is like an Asian American woman, and like you know, the old white guy is kind of like you know, kind of a supporting cast member. But huh. so you All have right, so, that, and then wait, you so have who's who's held over from the original? I mean, so everybody got... else except for um. Yeah. So, oh I, wow! So wait, so Sophie and um, Lucius Fox, uh, Luke Fox, Luke Fox. Or, uh, yeah, and the now sister. Batwoman. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, three black yeah. characters in the lead, right? Like, and then the sister, you know, mm-hmm. the Asian American woman. I like her too. I really yeah. like her. 
So, so you know, wait, mm -hmm. how can they be okay with a completely different person being Batwoman? You gotta watch the first episode. They make it make sense. All right. Just watch. Just just watch the first episode. Before we, because we're almost out of time now. Uh, this business with the Japanese government considering changing their copyright laws because of these professional cosplayers. Because apparently you've got, I mean, the top grossing professional cosplayer over in Japan made like about the equivalent of 90,000 American dollars last year wow. in personal appearances. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, and, and as you might imagine, there are some, you know, people in the anime industry who feel a certain way about that because, hey, you're making these appearances uh, as our character and you're getting paid for it. And that's that's not cool because we're not seeing anything from that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and I was just fascinated by that because, you know, they're proposing big copyright law changes for those people who make money from cosplaying. And oh, see, I didn't hear about... See, that's new. The only thing I, that come across my feet is more about the proliferation of pirated manga content online. And that's actually costing them tons of money. Like I, I guess the Japanese billions of yen. Makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is this is something else altogether. I mean, because apparently Japanese copyright law isn't clear, but um, it does point out that cosplay made without a profit motive isn't considered copyright infringement necessarily. So, for a lot of people who are doing cosplay in Japan. You know, everything is going to remain the same, but, um, you know, that even uploading cosplay photos to social networking sites could potentially be considered copyright infringement. And, you know, the effects is just something that they could reverberate throughout the cosplay community. There's this one cosplayer, uh, Inako. Um, yeah, this Inako explained that when she goes on TV or appears at paid events, she dresses as her own original characters because she's trying to avoid copyright infringement. And she also says that she gets permission when she cosplays as characters created by others. So, so she's doing the right thing. I mean, uh. yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I'm, I, it, it's unclear from, cause there was an article in the, uh, Kyoto news. And uh, it was really funny because I went to this site and the thing came up in Japanese and I had to, I don't ordinarily hit the translate thing on Google, but I hit translate and I read the article and it was, uh, it was pretty fascinating. Um, they did not get into uh, as much uh, this uh, Inako and, you know, what she's doing. That was actually another piece that I saw in Kotaku East. But, you know, one way or another, uh, the Japanese are considering this and uh, it could be a big deal. So I don't know. I mean, it's just, I guess, uh, kind of worth pointing out. So anyway, I'd like to thank my panelists and you, too, for tuning in, because, of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show, uh, Quiet As It's Kept. And you can check out episodes if you go to the website at FantasticForum.tv. And we've even got them broken out. So there's the discussion portion We've got interviews, we've got event coverage, we've got toy and game profiles. We've got all sorts of wonderful stuff for you if you care to check it out. We've also got episodes of the radio show archived on the website. So a lot of fun stuff at fantasticforum.tv. The show is also available where all fine podcasts are 
can be downloaded, all those platforms, thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge. So uh, be sure to check us out over at uh, the Great Geek Refuge or on one of those wonderful platforms. And if you miss any portion of it, the show re-airs in its entirety each and every Thursday here on WERA from 3 to 4. You can check it out then. And as always, make sure you come back next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Stay safe.